Collective Nightmares podcast. This is Marshall. This is Laura. And this is our inaugural podcast in my car because I own one now. <laughs> Not the Buick. I miss the Buick actually. <laughs> Was room here? Slide your. <laughs> you can slide your seat back. Oh, that's actually a little better. A <laughs> little better. I don't know. Stupid. I still miss the giant couch seat, but that's all right. <laughs> we, uh, we just watched Night of the Demons, a 1988 very B horror movie with Linnea Quigley, a scream queen from the era in person, which was uh, wonderful uh, of her to come and do. And that was brought to us by Alamo Drafthouse, directed by Kevin Tenney, written by Joe Augustin. Ten teenagers party at an abandoned funeral parlor on Halloween night. When an evil force awakens, demonic spirits keep them from leaving and turn their gathering into a living hell. It sounds so bad Not from the time. description. <laughs> <laughs> Laura was reticent. This is the Graveyard Shift series, which was also what brought us Kill Baby Kill. Did you post? No, we didn't post a discussion on Kill Baby Kill, did we? No, we recorded in the rain, and I yeah. thought it would be like somehow okay. I have no idea why. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought that would be okay. It was a good discussion about how terrible the movie was, and yeah. how just a horribly painful experience it was for the whole, whole duration. Right. I really liked this one. Uh, it's very surprising to me, but really? I'm very happy to hear that. Did you? I found myself enjoying it. I was interested. Like, I didn't actually know what was going to happen. I thought it would just be like a totally boring standard plot. And it was. I, I mean, it's like it was, but it, I, I still didn't know where they were going with it. Each, you know, each little scene, I was like interested to see what was going to happen. And the acting was pretty bad. But yeah. otherwise, I, mean, I honestly thought it was better than a lot of horror movies. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear you say that. Uh, you know, I, I worry about this because... I worry that I'm using up my horror capital <laughs> with Laura, my bad movie capital, because she's so nice about letting me generously, if you want to call it, curate the the selection sometimes. I particularly, I actually found myself enjoying it, and I found myself, I, I feel like we've talked a few times where I, I slip out of the film and I try and entertain myself by thinking about why is it bad mm -hmm. and how could it be better? And this time I found myself wondering, why is this entertaining? That's exactly what I spent the entire movie thinking. <laughs> like, that is exactly, exactly. I ran out to the bathroom at one point and I didn't want to go because I didn't know what was going to happen and what I would miss. And I was not expecting that at all, at all. And you kind of missed the like random, super intense dance number. Oh, <laughs> That's what it looked you, like. I was coming like back in on you. the whole time you were gone. Oh, that really? was what. Oh, good. Like full on, like flash dance, like routine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I thought I might have to Google that now. 
<laughs> that might have been worth seeing. I, I didn't want to miss the plot, though. That's what surprised me, is that I was actually interested in the characters and what was happening and like what they were going to do with it. And I have no idea why. So do you still not have an idea why? I guess, because I don't know how to answer that. I mean, it felt... I didn't know what was going to happen. And I, you always do, it, especially in crappy horror movies. It's totally clear, like, who's the good guy and the bad guy and what are they doing? But I think the rules of their whole, like, setup didn't come up until late, late enough in the movie that it was still interesting. It's like, it's like when they started doing the little demon kiss thing, then, like, <laughs> oh, okay, I think I know what's going on here. But then two of the people disappear, and then it's interesting because you want to know, like, what are they going to do, like, now that she's, like sort of possessed or something like what's going to happen and then you know it just it actually stayed interesting somehow it did through the whole thing and then at the end it was just weird enough like character wise that like the two people that they had survive was just a different choice that it was it was still interesting to watch because it's like wow weird they must have done this on purpose and like what are they trying to get at um i mean as in having like the one black man in the movie who ran out scared early in the movie which is just different totally and then the woman who like you know was just sort of meek and like the stock woman kind of taking charge and being the one who's running the show a little bit and trying yeah. to protect him and having him be like curled up crying in her arms and so which was just something you don't normally see in a movie and so it was just a different choice for the ending you know and, and so i was actually curious where they were going with it and yeah, absolutely. I, I, that stood out to me as well. Like you said, black man who was sort of hegemonically feminine, like you said, crying, ran away, mm -hmm. did the smart thing and like yeah, tried right. to leave, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, right. Uh, but, I, you know, I, and I thought for sure, I mean, I, I, I don't know how early the like black person dies trope started in horror, but... This is fairly early on, and as soon as he and his date or whoever like ran out and were like, oh, we can't find any way out. There's no more gate in the wall to get out of here. It was like, well, they're going to die. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but then they didn't. They didn't. And yes. And then she, and then the, like you said, the, the woman who's meek and docile ends up, she ends up taking agency. Saving mm -hmm. him, saving herself. She, I think, that, I mean, they carried on a little bit with her complaining about and like whining, I can't do it. Gotta help me. I mean, a little that. bit, but so did he. But, yeah. Like, so. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. No, I mean, it was, yeah, and that was fine. She had, she was uh, presumed to be, she, it did follow the like, the virgin survives, I guess, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, so certainly. So did still follow that trope because, yeah. Well, I guess we don't know for sure. I guess we did know because they said we want the virgin, right? Because she says, well, it's none of your business what I did when I went out with mm -hmm. uh, whoever, whatever his name was. Whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Crockett. Sidney Crockett. White. Never mind. That's just that style of suit as I associate. Sonny Crockett's character on Miami Vice. Oh, Don okay. Johnson I have no player. idea. Anyway, okay. He was like iconic for his white like suits. Oh, okay. Like, like okay. that, like Miami, like linen suits. 
anyhow, he ditches out on her immediately. What the hell was Walter talking about where she took the male gaze? Oh, well, when she was having sex with her, when, when, what's her name? Linnea, the demon person, was having yeah. sex with the boyfriend of the other girl, whatever his name was. Right. And then she, she said, don't. Don't look at me. Yeah, don't look at me something. And then she clawed his eyes out. Well, because first she was saying, oh, right, yeah. like, do I, does my makeup look okay? Whatever. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, she was screaming, don't look at me. And, and took his eyes. Yeah. And that was, I guess, oh, he's yeah. right after God, the lipstick thing the lipstick i would not have even noticed honestly if walter hadn't said that beforehand he said that it was something about you know using lipstick it was what was it turning her into a demon or was it like it, it was like the idea that he from referenced a feminist, Videodrome, which is cronenberg's film that is notorious for a few things but one of them is injecting or like shoving a videotape into like the stomach oh. of a person creature so like the the body becomes the actual media itself oh oh all right that i think was kind of a stretch but maybe i can't believe the eyes thing i was like what the fuck is that it's like <laughs> what, what are you talking about walter <laughs> uh, i i kept thinking i kept trying to think about it like she was gonna like become a male demon or man demon masculine demon that's mm. what i thought he was saying about like taking the male gaze i didn't think about it literally and like i'm gonna claw out your eyes so thank you yeah <laughs> yeah for, for making the most obvious argument i was ever. gonna say it's like the most obvious thing i totally just blew right by me he i mean he, walter so the guy who introduced the movie seemed to be giving a really feminist argument for a lot of the things that the movie was doing right i mean talking yeah. about the yeah, the lipstick and that that's somehow demonizing women or something and taking the male gaze and and even afterwards when he was talking about you know her body being used as a trophy in some other film or something right. and i thought it was kind of surprising that first of all she didn't seem aware of that or like that didn't seem to necessarily resonate with her like she seemed as interested in his commentary as we might be yeah. and she was the one in the movie so it made me wonder again was that their intention because he kept saying the move the film was smarter than it needed to be and that it was maybe groundbreaking in these ways and on the one hand like they clearly were doing something with gender stuff by just by yeah. their ending yeah it was different but i also find it a little bit interesting that she didn't seem i don't say aware of it but kind of you know like that didn't seem to be he, he made it sound like the reason she probably took this role was because she wanted to be empowered and here's how like the trajectory tra yeah, trajectory of her career like as some symbol of like the feminist movement or women gaining power or something right. and she seemed a little bit surprised like wow that's a really cool way yeah. you said that i don't know if i don't know if that was actually what she intended i guess oh my but impression i would have been curious to know to hear her say something on that i mean i wouldn't want to ask that right out because then if the answer is no you maybe make her feel silly but i would like to have known i mean my distinct impression was she was like well i wanted to work and if yeah being naked man well, i got to work what do i care I, I, there's nothing wrong with that you know and it, it did seem like even for all his intro talking about feminism and how this is an empowered woman and whatever, his line of questioning and just about every comment she made and every question and every everything was about her body just being used as an object. Like, oh, what kind of paint did they put on you in this? And in this, you had to wear that. And then in this, you were topless. And in this, you weren't. And what it, you know, right. almost, most, by far most of the discussion was about how her body was being used as a prop. Or in, maybe she was using her body to... Get a, get ahead, I guess. Sure, but that, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But even that, I mean, I feel like his, his argument about empowerment and everything, it, it, it may be true. It also might just be a good sounding academic 
something. It might be. It <laughs> I totally don't know. Might be. I don't know. When he introduced, my dad and I went and saw Vertigo. And when he introduced Vertigo, he said that he used to teach college film. Oh, interesting. Which I'd never heard him talk about before. He said that he taught a class where the entire semester they would watch Vertigo. And that's the entire semester. So he was, he said, I can, you know, I can literally sit and talk about this movie for the next, like, 45 hours or whatever it is. Which I thought, I would, first of all, I would love to do that. I would absolutely love to teach that class as much as, like, anything I could ever think about. And two, he'd never talked about anything like that. All the times we talked to him, we talked to him about we teach, this and that. And he'd never said any of that. So that's kind of an aside. I probably, I don't know if we need to include that in in our discussion, but I, I don't know. But I guess there is something to be said for the fact that she was, she, she resisted this culture of stigmatizing actresses who did nudity and she wanted to work Mm -hmm. and it, you know, she was willing, she did that. She was willing to do that. And she didn't, I, I think there's a case to be made that that's, I think that is a feminist move in general. It's like, this is what I'm going to do with my body. I don't care. I want to work. I understand what I'm going into. And if they're willing to pay me for that, great. But, you know, and I'm going to ignore any sort of like sex negativity about whether or not I should be naked on screen or why I should be sexual on screen. Good for her. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that's a far cry from whether or not the films that she was in were trying to do anything other than, like, have some nudity in them. But if that was her intent, I think, I I, I guess, I guess I think those are two different things. And if that was her doing her what she wanted to do, good for her. So when you said the ending of the film, let's get back to that. Did you mean the couple, the older couple, or did you mean the... Oh, no, that was cool, though, by the way. That was a super cool little... That was cool. I liked that. That didn't need to be there, and I liked it. The ending with the older couple. But yeah, that was kind of oddly critical as well. Like, curmudgeon man, woman's like, oh. True. I'm oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, like, baked well, and I yeah, yeah, served yeah. you coffee and You're totally right. You're totally hat, right. So. You're totally right. <laughs> yeah. All right. And I, you know, I buy the, I buy the, like, there, there's something to be said, too, for her. So, it, Early on, she bends over and distracts the mm-hmm. clerks of the store so that her friends can steal booze or beer or food. And or cookies or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, why are you stealing that? You're stealing very odd items right now. I think she stole a box of Cheerios. Like, yeah. It's strange. I mean, I get that if it's booze. Oh, well, you're right. You're going to a party. Maybe you bring some beer, but you're really going to get caught stealing. <laughs> they did have snacks. <laughs> <laughs> right. There was definitely a... I guess an argument, yeah, trending throughout the film of women either using sexuality to their advantage, I guess, or or just whatever, being empowered over men in some way, um, or punishing men potentially for objectifying them. Right, right. That was certainly there. Yeah, I mean, and it might not have been the most like nuanced and intricately constructed. series of symbols or or messages about that but but i again i i i think walter said it well to say it what he said it was smarter than any business being 
And then as far as like why the quality of it, the only thing I could really think, Laura, and what I, this is kind of uh, sappy, but I feel like maybe it was better than it needed to be just because they like, I feel like everyone who was there committed to it. And if anything, their fault was like they overcommitted. Like the acting was bad, but it was like, it was, it was bad because it was like overacted. You know what I mean? And, and the, like the, the construction of it, they did, they committed to it. I, I was actually very impressed with like how efficient I thought the storytelling was in terms of edits and just framing out the actions of the film. There were a couple of really good shots. I thought the, the shot where they have all the broken pieces of the mirror and everybody mm-hmm. stands over and they've got like all the people reflected properly in all these different shards of mirror. I was like, God, what was that? that's actually <laughs> really great. Like that's a pain in the ass to do. <laughs> and I, yeah, you know, the monster cam when the monster initially comes mm-hmm. out of the like oven, I think, or, and like does the evil dead like zoom through the house that was that was those are cool shots. Yeah, I wasn't. I don't think either one of them was was groundbreaking, but certainly wasn't kill baby kills first POV <laughs> shot ever. Oh dear God! <laughs> or whatever that was that was supposed to be might have been the first ever. But yeah, I just uh, I don't know. I don't have a better answer than I felt like everybody involved was was committed to what they were doing. Like, where we might be low budget, we might be not the best equipped yeah but we're gonna like go all in on it that might resonate actually with what i was thinking and watching it which was that i wonder if at the time you know having i assume this was like a straight to vhs film no Maybe they wasn't. shot on 35 millimeter oh wow i can't imagine them doing that to oh maybe you're right well to... maybe you're right I, what I was going to say is that maybe there was at that time, and he's, you know, he was talking about sort of video store culture or whatever, that there was a market for this kind of movie. Because now I feel like if you didn't have a budget and you didn't have, it, it was just, it was clearly, it just, it embraced being a B movie. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. And I don't know that, I don't know. Like, like at the time, maybe that was something that you could do because people would actually see it because, you whatever you get your video into the video store and then it's saturday night and people go and actually find it and so i don't know uh it it felt like they took it somewhat seriously or something even though like you said the acting was pretty bad when i say committed to it i don't necessarily mean they committed to it being this serious film i just mean they committed to what they were doing Mm -hmm. and they probably thought you know what we're gonna make a I, I mean, I, so they may well have thought, you know what, this is going to be a B-movie. We know we aren't high production value and fancy effects, but we don't care. We're going to, mm-hmm. we're still going to do with it as well, as best we can. And that may be a B-movie and we may be over the top and that's fine. We're all just going to go, go with it. So I didn't mean to imply that they were committed to it in a sense of it was going to be more than what it is. I guess the other way of looking at it is they didn't like, oh, what, we're making a B-movie. It's not going to matter anyway. Just do whatever you're going to do. It was like, well, look, we're going to do this. It might be ridiculous, but if you're going to be ridiculous, you're going to do it with intent. So I think we're agreeing. To their credit, it was good. I mean, I enjoyed it more than a lot of much higher budget 
more present day horror movies that just follow the same plain old arc and you just know exactly what's going to happen and there's like moments of tension but it's not really tension because you just know where the story is going to go i actually was i was invested throughout this i cared what was going to happen next and oddly i know right right because <laughs> the characters were completely one note they were they oh god they were yeah totally they were but we, they took that one note and they're well, like you be the jerk you be the jerk the like sexist jock jerk in every scene right? and he was like all right i'm gonna be the sexist <laughs> jock jerk all the way every scene you right. know i'm gonna whatever you be the crying guy who runs away okay i'm on it <laughs> like i'm you're right you're right but there was like no nuance whatsoever so why this sounds like a a movie i would hate if i heard this discussion i would think i I would hate it and i legitimately didn't i don't think i'm in some crazy mindset like something about it was actually entertaining interesting yeah it really was that i never knew i always cared what the next scene was going to be i didn't know what it was going to be and that's what i hate when you know what the movie is just you know where it's going and you just have to watch it get there and that was never the case Right. right up until the end you know and then they end it and then the last scene was like super cool with the old couple. Like that again, the movie was already over; it didn't need to be there, and that was really great. Yeah, I just every maybe and maybe it has to do more with an editing or plot line or something because it, it was not the depth of the characters. No, but it was sort of fun watching. It was clearly like an '80s horror movie, which I just enjoy because I grew up with them and they're fun. Yeah, me too. And so it was one of those, and the characters were lined up just to be in one of those. But then it was actually a story I hadn't seen. Where there wasn't all this wasted time of, I don't know what, chase, there were no chase scenes, really. You know, like, anything they did like that was just over right away, and yeah. it was constantly evolving. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. You know, I, I thought it was kind of interesting. So she was supposed to be Alice in Wonderland, right? What was her costume? Oh, was I? I kept trying to figure out who she was. I think you're right. <laughs> Which is kind of right. cool. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, that's yeah. an easy reference yeah but that's okay yeah so she goes on this wild yeah. and wacky adventure and through the looking glass eh? <laughs> <laughs> i mean well, it is actually kind of it is smarter than any business pig i love the ending scene i'm glad that you brought it up because i had completely forgotten about it in the five minutes since we saw the movie but i loved it i, I don't know i maybe yeah. that should just be our no it was a good movie it's it, i actually would recommend someone see it why i don't know yeah, I, I would absolutely. I mean, I think it would be a wonderful movie to like. To, you could just watch it if that's your thing, but I think it'd be a great movie to watch at home. Like, watch it like a drinking game, or like get high <laughs> watch it or something. Why, Why exactly? <laughs> I don't know. Just because it's it's not serious, you know. It's not, but I honestly cared. Like, I didn't want to go to the bathroom because I thought I'd miss it, and not. I that's that's weird. That's weird for a movie like this. Yeah. There was, there's something there more than... Yeah. But I would have thought. I, I particularly for you, I mean, I, I guess I, I knew you'd watch some of these, and, and for me it was sort of nostalgic, but I, I really thought you probably didn't like it. I would have expected, if I had to guess, I would have expected you not to have liked it. So I'm very happy to hear that you also enjoyed it. I, I didn't really know what we were getting into. It, it was more, again, I try and go see just to have people come. Part of that is because, you know, we've mm-hmm. gone to a couple where it's been some big name, a reasonably big name, and it's like a mostly empty theater. Yeah. And I feel terrible, like, oh, my God, maybe they'll stop bringing people out. And so it was like, oh, shit, might want to, you know. 
And I'm glad we did. Me too. Weirdly, that maybe makes up for Kill Baby Kill. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, good. At least this is not working against, against us. I, I mean, I do remember that too, though. I mean, there was quite a bit of nostalgia with like some of the, for me. Oh, yeah. With some of the titles that they were talking about. And I was like, oh my God, I have seen that movie, but it's been since I was, it's been more than 20 years. So it's just since I've seen some of them. But I did, I mean, I did also just remember, and I think I've talked to you about that, like going and renting horror movies because you would see nudity. And for some reason it was easier. I mean, there were sort of skin comedies too, but it always felt like sleazier for me to, to rent the like skin comedies or just the like kind of skin movies, at least for a while. It seemed like horror, there was like an excuse. You're like, oh. <laughs> Um, because, you know, I'm not running this just for the nudity. I'm running this because I like scary movies. I, 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 there was something about that, but there That's was definitely super interesting. in this. I feel like that needs to tie back into our horror movie conversation some other some day. Point, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I didn't have that experience yeah. with horror movies in the 80s. <laughs> I guess, I guess. There I mean, that wasn't always the only reason, but we uh, often there, we would like rent one that there were, I remember somehow we, felt like we could tell like the lower budget the like the lower the budget was is like the more likely there would be like some kind of nudity but if we didn't really get like one that was like it might have looked like a terrible movie it's like well i should probably see the nudity in that so we'll rent that and then we'll rent like one that we actually want to watch <laughs> so is it empowering if it's just another kind of porn you know I don't know. That's a, that's a large rabbit hole question for another day, maybe. Well, but I'll just throw that out there as a closing a because, question. like, her whole the whole argument you were making about like she's you know saying oh it doesn't matter about these societal norms and I'm going to do this anyway and whatever like she's choosing to do that. But in that regard, it does seem like what she was doing was very sort of standardly in line with what porn might be, which I mean maybe. But you I mean you can yeah. you can look at it both right. Is it is it empowering to women to be able to make porn or is it not empowering that they're being asked and paid to do this so that people can stare at them and objectify them. I, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I think there was a different, I, I, I think, so one, I would have to think this was released in theaters because why else would you? There's a lot of nudity. They would have had to cut that, right? I mean, that's something to look at. No, because back then, I think there was such a, my impression of that era was there was there was such a frenzy of this is this is a guaranteed way to make some easy money for a studio that everybody was doing it again because Halloween makes so much fucking money and then Friday the 13th made so much fucking money and then Nightmare on Elm Street made so much fucking money so people were just like whatever here's a couple hundred thousand dollars make it and we'll and I, I and well, you know, who knows? We could be the next. It's at least worth the risk. We could be the next Halloween. We make, you know, hundred million dollars off of this. I can't. Rated R, so it's MPAA rated. Hmm. So I again, so which is surprising, most because of the bottomless. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. uh, I would say, but it was also a different era where nudity was not quite as likely to get you cut out. Really. I, I think, I mean, yeah, because again, like all those skin comedies were like, it was, I was thinking about the nudity in this too. 
and I, you know, I don't need to belabor this, but it was just so odd. That was way too long of a story to say at that moment, if this was released in theaters, if you showed a scene like that, it was a very, it was, that was as long as you got to see those breasts or the ass or the butt or whatever there was, it wasn't, you know, digital. It wasn't the age of the internet Mm. where that's always going to exist and you can stop and frame by frame it and take screenshots of it and duplicate it to your heart's content. It was, you go, you get to see it for however long it is, a couple of seconds. And if that's really why you're there, it's, but it's, it's just a flash in the pan and you can like try and remember it. Right. (laughs) Uh, um, if if you're trying to like use it to jerk off later or whatever, but I, I just there was something about how the nudity was done that struck struck me as different, even though it was very I, I don't know. Like I it was just something odd. And I, maybe that was just me, but compared to maybe what I see now, there was no like the cam I felt like the camera didn't move. There's no movement. Like whenever there was nudity, it was like camera's sitting here point it she sits there or she dances a little bit or she whatever there was no like lingering or there's no like maybe not not really lingering there was like i'm gonna watch this now i'm gonna move away but it wasn't like scanning the body i guess which somehow to me feels more pornographizing i i, I mean uh, yeah. it was definitely objectified because it was like here's her butt here's her tits here's her abdomen so it did parcel her out or parcel out the women who were in on screen but i might agree with you having just seen this movie i think the things that would make me question that are like walter's intro and how he seemed to i thought spend put a lot of attention on how he liked to go see these movies to see her naked and how she dressed when she showed up because she dressed very provocatively like Still, you know, she's, yeah. I don't know what, 50 something, maybe, I'm not sure. But, um, which made me just associate her with that, like thinking that that was sort of her thing in the movies. Like I said, given his intro and how she. Which apparently was. She was right. an actress willing to do nudity. Right. But you're right. It didn't feel terribly sexualized, except I guess it probably was. And she was totally naked sometimes. And so were other people, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I just thought I, I wondered about your thoughts on that because it felt odd. It it just felt somehow qualitatively different to me. I don't know if it's empowering or less objectifying or more or it's whatever. Like, it just was an. It just seemed odd. I agree with you that it, it felt that way. This is reminding me a little bit in like emotional sentiment of when I was in Atlanta and you sent me those articles on like like oh, yeah. strip club culture in Atlanta and, and went. we went yeah and talked to some of the girls there just out of curiosity to, to see what they had to say about that and all of them were like oh yeah that's bullshit like they were all you sent me like all these academic articles and, and granted we only talked to maybe four people but it was funny uniformly and they were they were um really like three of them or something were in grad school they were you know they were educated they were interested in talking to us they weren't but they it was, it's not like they were anti-academia because I, yeah. many of them were actually pursuing careers in academia right. however all of them uniformly were like that's ridiculous i have no idea what you're talking about like no this is not this is not me like taking control i mean arguably you could say well look they're getting enough money to go to grad school to whatever maybe they are empowered but that their perception was not that this was in any way like 
that all this, this academic stuff had been written to tell this story of, you know, whatever, feminism and empowerment and all that. And they didn't, they themselves did not seem to agree with that. Um, uh, and I do, got, was it feminist or I remember sending something about, which is more about like the, the Atlanta strip clubs being more of sort of a cultural, having some sort of cultural influence or center of like music or it was about women having power oh, and saying that, okay. that I, the I, rappers I would exactly. like got a lot of like credibility by having the girls in their videos right. and stuff like that and that like if a girl would dance to somebody's song that was considered like a really big thing and that everybody wanted to date them you know and so they were they actually carried a lot of the the power and the weight and they were right. making a lot of money right. and okay. that it was that was flipped from most cultures where maybe someone who did that for a living would be thought of as like lesser than or something. Right. Um, and, and they were very much like, no. I'm never, I don't know. <laughs> one girl was like, I don't talk to anybody here. I don't associate with any of the other girls or any other, like, I know this is not, it's not considered a good thing. <laughs> this is like something I'm getting over with to get the money and I'm going to move on with my life and forget about it. Um, it just, it just didn't resonate with that. And I couldn't help but be a little bit critical of, of Walter's whole, sort of thing leading into this watching the movie and thinking is this really i mean yes there were certainly like feminist points and like we gave a whole list yeah. of things that seemed yeah i'm not saying it's not there but i don't know is that somehow a weak feminist argument to to say like hey like yeah she but she got to take her shirt off and bounce around because she wanted to i i don't know or i don't know if she yeah. wanted to so she could make money by right. men who then created a bicycle seat for her to straddle so that blah 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 and said you had right. to run upstairs with your shirt off and she you know what i don't yeah. know I don't, I don't know i'm not right. i'm just i'm just saying i want to i want to throw out at least a, like a yeah. emotional reaction that's like a criticism of that yeah. even if i haven't quite formed the argument i feel like there's a, i feel like it was and i don't know this isn't fully formed either but it was like there was some sort of sense of this is like accept uh, this was sort of like a dalliance of, in objectification and this was like sort of okay because it was like a the attitude i guess i felt like was oh we're gonna show you a little bit of breasts but it's it's not i don't think anybody was engaging in sex when we saw them naked it's just like it's sort of like a pinup it's sort of like pinup compared to like penthouse versus this to like porn. Mm -hmm. It's sort of presented as this like acceptable objectification nudity, like low scale, you know, like, oh, here it is and it's okay, but she's in nice light and you get to look for a second, but, but that's how you get to see like a burlesque versus a whatever. Yeah. Donkey show. Maybe not that far. Right. <laughs> like a full nude, like burlesque versus like a full nude strip club. Yeah. And I don't know if that makes it really any better, but that's the kind of, that's the analogy, that's the best I got for trying to explain how it seems sort of different that way. I would maybe buy that. You're right that when they were having sex, they did show her topless when she was having sex and him, but I mean, topless, whatever, you don't see anything, but they noticeably did not look like they were having sex, even though they were supposed to be like, they were clearly, she was on top of him. Like they were having sex. And then they showed oh, her, remember she was her. like kind of moving her, she was doing something weird with her head. But I didn't remember being able to see her breasts when she was actually she... on, top, on top. Maybe you couldn't. I, in my she mind, like you takes could. off her yeah. skirts and whatever and like mounts him. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> And then I just remember, yeah, her looking down, him looking up, 
but it would be like up and then her. Oh, thing. maybe it was. But uh, what? Okay. I don't know. I don't either. Shoot. But you're right that there, were, there was some sort of hesitation. Like it was clearly, I was like, you could have her move. Like if she's really having sex, she doesn't look like she's having sex with him. She should be. There should be some rhythmic something going on, and there was nothing. There was this bizarre head movement that was like clearly not sex. So I think that was an attempt to like be a little discreet or something. Yeah. You know? right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we liked it, weirdly. Yeah, we did. We enjoyed um, it. Both I guess. Of us, believe it or not. <laughs> Maybe people should see it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, see it once. Yeah, have a, have a good time. It's, yeah, it's kind of a fun... Except for the nudity, I was going to say it'd be kind of a fun thing to for like kids to watch or teenagers to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we had a poll, if we had listeners and could have a poll, which might totally. be inaccurate at I this point. I was saying that about but your I... question about what does that mean? You asked some question and I was like, oh, if we had listeners, we could <laughs> totally be like, tweet us. At... Well, I would like to know if other people actually felt the same way we did and enjoyed it because... I think I'm too smart for movies like this usually and don't care about them and don't like them. And I really enjoyed it. And yeah. so I think there was something there. I would really be curious if that was just some weird thing that happened with both of us tonight or if other people agree. I mean, we're still watching the movie. Somebody else has got to like it. <laughs> <laughs> kill Baby Kill. <laughs> the same person who likes Kill Baby Kill, right. apparently. So there's no accounting for taste, I guess. I was so happy, like 30 seconds into the movie. You know, it's like a blind date or something. Like 30 seconds in, I was like, oh, we're safe. It's not going to be Kill Baby Kill. Like, I can just tell already. It was like weird, like cartoon ghosts flying up to some... Car- it was not like a good intro, but I just, I just, you could tell from the pacing of it, like, oh, this is not going to suck like Kill Baby Kill. Kill Baby Kill, you just knew. Yeah. You knew immediately. Like, you had just walked into that coffee shop and you're like, crap, this is going to be a long <laughs> two hours. Like, like, I, that's I'm so glad you said that. That's, and that's probably the last thing I want to say. I thought the animation in the beginning, I thought that was great. I was thoroughly entertained. <laughs> yeah. And I've got to say, the music was so perfect for the film. It was like everything you've ever wanted out of like <laughs> 80s synth, like knockoff yeah. horror, <laughs> uh, creepiness and... and Da, 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 you know? <laughs> I don't know if I enjoyed the music. I'll give you that. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was great. <laughs> and then, uh, so Bauhaus was on the fucking soundtrack. Did you see that? Mm-mm. Like, everybody else was like the director's brother or something. It was like something with the same last name. Bauhaus like, one of the premier original, like, goth rock bands. Really? Of, yeah. Huh. Like, 80s, 90s. They were they were fairly big, like when The Cure was having its like moment in the sun, in like the mid nineties. Uh, Bauhaus was yeah, we're like the original emo band. Huh. I don't know about original. Somebody will, if somebody listens, <laughs> yeah, somebody like, I bet that's a listener. Blah blah blah. I came before them, but they were like <laughs> very like old school, like goth emo rock. Anyway. <laughs> Well, she was in bands. Maybe somehow she knew somebody. Yeah, that's true. All right, well. That's that. Somebody tell us, if you're listening, collectednightmares.com. Instagrams I look at regularly, collectednightmares. This is Marshall.
Oh, well, I'm so glad you enjoyed that. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, surprisingly. Okay. <laughs> well, that was fun. That was great. Time to go finally go to bed. Yeah. You like the heated seats? <laughs> <laughs> That's common for hearing about that. Once you realize you're not, it's like really lovely. <laughs>